Good evening, everyone. It's great to be here. I've been here years ago when Pastor Chris Panaya was priest here. But I can't remember coming into this century. And it's really beautiful. Thank you, Pastor Darren, for having me. Today we celebrate Teacher's Day. And there's nothing like being under the wisdom of the greatest teacher, which is the Holy Spirit, and using the greatest textbook, which is the Bible. So let us pray. We praise you, Abba Father, for being with us. Holy Spirit, ignite your fire, love, and liberty in our midst. And may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight, our Lord and our Redeemer. Amen. As Mabel has introduced me, I... I am a teacher, and I started my teaching career when I was only 17. I was teaching in this school at Okyo Tower. If you are not sure about Havelock, that's the place. And I teach in Havelock Primary School, but to us, we always call it Havelock Primary School because all the gangsters were staying there. But I was very glad because the gangsters want their younger siblings to be better people. So we got protection from the gangsters at Coven Garden, as well as we also got fresh laid eggs. Well, after teaching, there was a time when the Singapore government went into a new economy, and that is for us to be equipped with technical skills. At that time, I quarreled with my principal. And he told me, I don't see how you can get a transfer from here. So I decided the best way is to apply to be a retrained teacher. And I got out. And I became a metalwork teacher. And because I'm a metalwork teacher, I was transferred to Queenstown Technical, which was one of the best years of my life. When Mr. Harry Tan became principal of St. Andrews, he asked me to join him. And after many years, I managed to be a saint. How many of you were from St. Andrews? Well, very few here. <laughs> it's not like Ascension. Ascension, practically all the boys who put up their hands. But I was transferred over there. But due to my eyesight, I, I have only vision in one eye. I found that I could no longer teach in the machine shop. And therefore, I became a writer, a specialist writer with the MOE. But the computer work made my life worse, and my eyes became even more difficult. And I decided to retire. I was only about 42. It's called early retirement. I enjoyed my retirement just for one month. And it was so boring that I went back to Ascension and back Kingsley Punaya, who was vicar there, to take me in as a staff. 
And I was so glad that he did because it gave me nearly 10 years as a parish worker. So when Pastor Darren asked me to preach, I was thinking, what shall I share? Is it about the experience with all those boys that I taught in Queenstown or Sunday school or even bringing up my own son? But then I realized that in all, every single one of us are teachers. So I chose Psalm 90. Psalm 90 says, teach us to number our days. And from here, I can find three characteristics of being a teacher. First, to live life knowing God. Second, to live life with God. And thirdly, to live life for God. First, to live life knowing God. Well, we all know the very nature of God, that God is loving, He's merciful, He's kind, and all the rest. But I wonder how many of us, just like Moses, know that God is also our dwelling place. You see, at this time, Moses and all of Israel were wandering in the desert. There was no permanent place to call home. Yet Moses reminded the people who God is, a dwelling place. Starting from verse 90, verse 1, says, Lord, you have been our dwelling place for all generation. Before the mountains were brought forth, or ever you have formed the earth and the world, from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. You see, the Old Testament idea of dwelling place means to sit, means to stay in a permanent place. And it is not only for a while, but it's for all generations, from everlasting to everlasting. Dwelling with God is not merely a, a building or an address. It is a safe, it is secure, it is a forever location. When God is our dwelling place, our hearts are truly at home. But how do we actually dwell with God? I guess it's just like dwelling in a home. To dwell in a home means that we have to be there and not to be out all the time. To dwell is more than just waking up and thanking God that we are alive or thanking Him in the evening when we go to bed. And just like typical Asians, a dwelling place is a very clean place. It must be kept clean. I'm sure all of us would remove our shoes when we enter our house and would not track mark all over. Nowadays, even, you know, returning home, just like tonight, you know, if I return home, I also need to get a very good bath due to the pandemic. We are worried about bringing virus back into where we are staying. 
So when we are at home with God, we do not want sin to separate us. At home with God means that we have to stay sinless so that we can dwell with Him. And at home with God means that we can show all that we are. Because after all, God is God. He knows us through and through. And in a loving home, our own relatives, those who live with us, will know how we are because we are not able to put on a false front 24-7. So you see, our dwelling place, our forever home, our eternal, loving, ever Father is the one who gives us that most protection. And Moses knew exactly this. So in Deuteronomy 33, verse 27, Moses says, The eternal God is a dwelling place, and underneath are the everlasting arms. And he drove out the enemy from before you and said, Destroy. You see, when the eternal God is our dwelling place, He is above us, He's below us, He's around us, He's encompassing us so that He can protect us wherever, whatever. And not only that, He drives out the enemy before us by saying, destroy. So, in this dwelling place, we are forever kept safe. So Moses, in Psalm 90, verse 3, continues to remind us that God turned people back to dust, saying, Return to dust, you mortals. A thousand years in your sight is just like a day that has just gone by, or a watch by the night. Yet you sweep people away in the sleep of death. They are like new grass of the morning. In the morning it springs up new, but by evening, it is dry and withered. And I'm sure for many of us, we realize, especially in the midst of this pandemic, that life is fragile and fleeting. Just have to look at the numbers. Sometimes it gets so distressing, I stop looking at the numbers. When I wake up early in the morning, I just thank God, Thank you, Abba Father, I'm still breathing. Because I know of people who go because they're not able to breathe. So it is God who's keeping us alive in these fragile times. It's not the vaccination, it's not the safe measures. And Moses experienced dwelling with God because he was in the desolate desert with no food, no shelter, no nothing, leading millions of these complaining people. But God's presence was always there. God's presence was in the cloud by day where they could rest. God's presence was in the pillar of fire by night that gave them warmth and gave them light as they continued their journey. And there was manna. God gave them manna as food. No wonder Moses focused 
on God, His dwelling place. Because we live in a world full of distraction and full of, sorry, we live in a world full of destruction as well as distraction. And God wants us to be in this dwelling place with Him. Yeah, I thank God that, you know, over here in Singapore, we are still able to gather together in this safe, distance, small community so that we can be with Him. We can enjoy His presence that I feel right now, both individually and corporately. And it is not merely for ourselves that God is a dwelling place. Because when we experience God as our dwelling place, we will want to share this same peace, this same protection, this same security with those we love and those that God brings into our midst. But time is short. You see, as we read these verses, we know that life is fleeting. Moses continued in verse 7. For we are brought to an end by your anger. By your wrath, we are dismayed. You have set our iniquities before you, our secret sins in the light of your presence. This is what happens when we are in God's presence. We cannot hide from our sins. Sins that we might not know that we have, God will see it and reveal to us. In our modern days, sin seems to be just like a very bad word. We don't want to talk about it, you know. Just like uh, religion, racial harmony. We can see what's happening, but we do not want to talk about it. And in the same way, grace and truth reveal sin. There are some who think that grace is enough, you know. God has given us His grace. Therefore, why should we bother worry about our sins because God loves us so much that His grace is sufficient. But grace and truth always goes together. The God of grace is also the God of righteousness, the God who judge. And God will show us that we need to live constantly under His grace as well as recognizing truth of the Word of God. Which brings us to the second point. How do we live life with God? Where we are dwelling this side of eternity, sin separates God from man. So when we know this righteous God, and we know that we are sinful, how do we live with Him? Which brings me to the whole heart of this sharing today. So teach us to number our days that we might get a heart of wisdom. Return, O Lord, how long? Have pity on your servants. Satisfy us in the morning. These three points to number our days, to gain a heart of wisdom, and to set, be satisfied. These are the characteristics 
of dwelling with God. First, to number our days. We must realize that we do not plan our lifetime. Jesus reminds us of the rich fool who built all his barns and who keep all his riches and who thought about how he would enjoy life. And yet, he did not know that his time on earth ended that night. To number our days means to set priorities right while we are living life. We are not living a good life with God if we do not have right priorities. We are not living life if we do not know that the God who loves us so much sent His only begotten Son, that all those who believe in our Lord Jesus can have abundant life and live forever. Because true life begins with Jesus in our heart. Secondly, to gain a heart of wisdom. You see, true wisdom is experiencing our identity as God's beloved child. This will keep us wise and sane. You know, there's a lot of mental issues going on nowadays. It's only when Jesus is in our heart that we will be wise and we will be sane. And our heart will beat with the same heartbeat of Jesus. It will have the same heartbeat as Abba Father God. And it is always people, people, people. This is the very purpose of our life. Because even though some might number their days in the fear of the Lord, if they haven't received His saving grace yet, they are actually finished. So are there any in their midst right now or who are online who have not yet accepted our Lord Jesus as our Saviour? Who have not heard God calling them into His kingdom and accepting this freedom? So have you received Jesus? Are you God's beloved child? Or are you not very sure whether you are having this great life, this side of eternity, as well as the next. Because this is a very, very critical life and death issue, even more essential than the injection we get for COVID-19. Because it will bring us to be satisfied. Satisfy us in the morning with your steadfast love that we may rejoice and be glad all our days. What does it mean to be satisfied? Because God's love will satisfy us. This dwelling with God comes with fringe benefits. Remember earlier when we talked about God being our dwelling place, that there is for the Israelites as they journey in the desert, that there was God's very presence with them day and night, and also manna and quail for their food. And right now, Jesus is the very manna or 
the bread of life that will fulfill our hunger for God. Because if we do not have this spiritual hunger fulfilled, we will never, never be satisfied. And not only that, because this life, abundant life, will give us five essential P's. You know, I will always remember a pot of P's with five little P's within. And these P's are God's presence, God's peace, God's protection, God's provision, God's prosperity. And this makes up that satisfying, abundant life. You see, this abundant life of His presence, His peace, His protection, His provision, and His prosperity will take away all our worries, no matter what it is. I must share with you that at the beginning of COVID, I was really worried. Because on the first day when they said that the circuit breaker was coming in, I have no more rice left in the house. You know, I don't normally keep rice in the house. And I went over, I went to NTUC, couldn't find any rice. I went to, 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 to cold storage, even willing to pay, you know, adjacent high price for rice. I couldn't find it. There was nothing left. And I just told the Lord, you have to provide because I've got nothing in the house. And the next day, the government said, don't worry, we will be releasing all the rice from our stockpile. And really, the next day I went to NTUC, I found my favorite brand. You see, God gives us that provision. He protects us, and most of all, He gives us peace. Because peace is the greatest treasure that we could have. But actually, abundant life may not be a life without suffering. Because in verse 15, we say, Make us glad for as many days as you have afflicted us, for as many years as we have seen evil. When we look at that verse, we can see that there is going to be affliction, there is going to be evil. But God will make us glad. Because being God's beloved does not mean that there is no challenges ahead. But even though, if there's distress, if there's suffering, if there's evil, God's five peace will remain with us. And He will always restore the days that the locusts have eaten up. Think about that nowadays. Christians in Afghanistan, I wonder how many of us prayed for them. Christians in Malaysia, Christians in Indonesia, there are all these places where their only hope is God. And it's not only just for now, but it is also in the days to come. So let us always be glad and be thankful. Continue to pray for this island state where we are in. Because I believe that we are now experiencing the evidence of what many people 
have prayed through Love Singapore, through churches, that we are able to enjoy life here in spite of COVID. Which brings us to that third point, to live life for God. Verse 16 and 17 says, Let your work be shown to your servants and let your glorious power to their children. Let the favour of the Lord our God be upon us and establish the work of our hands upon us. Yes, establish the work of our hands. So we live this abundant life for God's glory and we live this favourable life for His kingdom. Because in spite of what is happening, the Lord will show His hand at work and His glorious power, not just for us, but also for those coming after us. Even if we are single, even if we are living alone, or we have no kids, no matter what, God's kingdom is still being built. Even in the midst of cruelty, of war, and of uncertainty, whether it's pandemic and death, whether it's trouble or sorrow, God's kingdom still comes. And we can teach others of what our faith, our hope, and God's love is all about. Consider Moses. Did God answer Moses' prayer? In Deuteronomy 34, verse 1, then Moses climbed Mount Nebo from the plains of Moab to the top of Pisgah, opposite Jericho. There the Lord showed him the whole land, from Gilead to Dan, all of Naphtali, the territory of Ephraim and Manasseh, all the land of Judah, as far as the Mediterranean Sea, the Negev, and the whole region, from the valley of Jericho, the city of Palms, as far as Zohar. Then Moses, then the Lord said to him, This is the land I've promised on oath to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, when I say, I will give it all to your descendants. I have let you see it with your eyes, but you will not cross over into it. And Moses, the servant of the Lord, died there in Moab, as the Lord had said. And God buried him in Moab. You see, did God answer Moses' prayer? God only allowed Moses to see the promised land. Moses' life, he has experienced being prince of Egypt, being escapee, migrant worker, and in the end, he fulfilled his purpose to lead God's people into the promised land. And yet, God say, Hey, you quaoni, ah. you beside go. Ah. I wonder at that moment, you know, how did Moses feel to be so near and yet so far? And yet, I believe that God answered Moses' prayer in a way beyond his understanding because even though he died at Mount Nebo, 
Jesus met Moses when he was transfigured. Our Lord transfigured right before Moses and he talked with Moses together with Elijah. Moses' prayer was answered beyond his expectation because here he was meeting and talking with the author and perfecter of his faith, with the God that he could only see the back of now face to face, just before Jesus died that inglorious death on the cross. What about us? How are we living this life? Are we making our bonds? Uh, I'm sorry, I mean uh, not our bonds. Uh, I mean our bank accounts. Uh. Is our bank accounts, our CPF uh, uh, statements, our, our, our uh, link-up profile more important than what God wants us to do? Because let our work be shown so that our children and our children's children could see it. Because God knows what are the priorities of life. First, those who have children or those who influence children, I understand that there are many teachers here as well as those from the kindergarten. Show them God in our life. They are never too young. Teach them that God is real, that He is alive and that He's powerful. Share with them our own personal experiences, dwelling with Abba Father. This means that we must have good relationship with them and time to communicate. I find at home, mealtime is the best time. My own child is now 48, but he, we always have dinner together, practically every day. Uh, today, not. Uh, today, I've already cooked uh, Hainanese chicken rice uh, for my two guys uh, to eat at home at 6 o'clock. But I find mealtime is the best time because we eat at a table without TV, without handphone, without any distraction. And we always start with a prayer. And while we are eating, we talk. For those of us who have other children in our midst, we can show them how God is the creator God and the miracle of God. You know, when I was uh, teaching in Ascension Kindergarten, I used to have a program called uh, I Can Cook program. So we have about five kids in the kitchen and I show them how to make very, very simple meals. But the most important is eating the meals together with them where we can talk and they are really cute. So if you've got little kids, you can enjoy them while they are young because we only get back 10% of the time that we invest in little children. So I hope that we have put in a lot of, of, of time into the balance. We can start our day with them, with prayer. We can do gardening with them because gardening is one of the best ways to show God's creation. We can catch caterpillars and show how caterpillars become butterflies. It's a miracle. Or when I was a very young child, I used to go to the longkangs and catch 
tadpoles. But I made a mistake. I put my tadpole in the kitchen and there was one night where all the tadpoles became frogs and they were jumping all over the place and my mother really gave me a good shelling. Or we can sh even grow tauge, you know. At the beginning of the circuit breaker, everybody was growing tauge on Facebook. But these are experiences that your children will never forget. And they will see God's hands at work in the same place. So let the favour of the Lord our God be upon us. And let the work of our hands be established. So what are the work of our hands? It's evangelism. Because that's the very heartbeat of God. God wants His kingdom to be shared. Because God wants heaven to be really, really full. And this is how we can fulfill our purpose in life to hear the heartbeat of God with His people and to invest in it. So how can we do that? In my home church at Ascension, we have home visitations. And this is a perfect time now because sometimes we might forget that those who are at home are actually very lonely. And if they are elderly and lonely and nobody takes care of them, and nobody even give them the time of day, they can easily slip into depression. And what we can do is just to take our mobile, call them, if you don't feel like visiting. Just call them. And now with WhatsApp, video chat, and you can even see them as you're calling. That's something that all of us can do. We also have outreach to the community. And we have the Comling Chef. I was doing that. I'm a home chef, that means I devise the uh, recipe and then we bring in people from the community who would like to learn these recipes. But unfortunately, this cannot be carried out now because we were told that we can have demonstration but we can't eat together, they have to bring the food home. But it is during the eating that our relationship develops. So what do we do? So now instead of cooking, we have what we know as comling tours. We call them fellowship walk. We reach out to homemakers or to uh, uh, people who are taking care of the kindergarten children so they would bring their children to kindergarten and then they would while away two and a half hours. So we would have, you know, these short walks around the area in groups of five. And each of our leader of these five would then at the end sit down at a coffee shop or somewhere. Of course, now it's just two. We would sit somewhere and we would continue to have fellowship, getting fat while we talk. And most of the time, we talk about God. I also am blessed being healthy that I can reach out to elder, the St. Louis Elder Care the elder can look after my mum for a long time. So when my mum passed on, I continued to serve there. And it is more than 15 years now. And what do I do? I just go back to teaching because the elders in the elder care are all getting sanal and you can teach them new things. And they are very, very good because they will just listen to you and they are no longer very active. So there are many things that we can do. I wonder what God is telling us right now. 
because there are many opportunities. Elsie was telling me about opportunities here when she drove me to uh, All Saints. I want to thank her and her husband for that great transport here. But there are avenues for us to reach others even though we might not have new people to share. And what about Alpha that is coming up? I'm sure you can ask Pastor Darren or your CG leaders. So there's two things for you to ask later. First, if you're not very sure whether you're a follower of Jesus, you can ask the pastors, your group leaders, or Pastor Darren. And secondly, you can also ask, what can I do to help? Because this is what teaching is all about. We do not learn until we practice what we have learned. Let us pray. Ever Father God, we thank you for being our dwelling place, for teaching us to number our days with right priority, to live life knowing you, with you, and for you. So guide us, Lord, to pulse with your heartbeat, the heartbeat of evangelism, so that we can be partners with you to fulfill your purpose in our life. Indeed, Lord, establish the work of your kingdom through us. In Jesus' most glorious name we pray. Amen.